What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 369. My name's Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. And then, as always, I'm joined by... Ron. And John as well. And John as well also, too. Yeah. <laughs> he is there as well, too, also at the same time. Yes. Um, and me three. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. You both look great. Let me yeah. just say that real quick at the That's top. Good, good to see bunch. you guys, man. You got a nice swoop to the hair, Steve. You're growing it out a little bit. It's, it's it needs a trim. It needs a trim, but, but it's I'm but doing it's looking I, good. It's got. It's I'm got doing what I can with it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks. My barber, um, my barber's retired, so I got to find a new one. You know what I mean? So. Oh wow. Well, she she she's like a stay at home mom now. So. She's like I'm um, out the game. I'm out the hair I'm out. game. I hung cool. up hung up her shears. Yeah. <laughs> Did they like start pulling a? <laughs> it's like a yeah. <laughs> Like a gold, you know, I, trimmer. I don't know. I, just yeah. Uh, oh, you mean like, like hoist something? Like yeah, hoist, um, yeah. hoist up the gold trimmer. Yeah. All right. I, don't, I, I just want the listeners to know that you were doing sort of a mime of of like a pulley system pulling something yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, pulley system. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, pulley system. Pulley system. If it feels like a longer break, we we only took one week off, but it feels like a, you know. Like, look, we cross state lines, and I think that's what that's why it, it's kind yeah. of been crazy. Like, Steve, you cross state lines, John and I cross state lines to see a movie. That's true, it's yeah. you know, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy. So, um, um, yeah, so, uh, I guess looking ahead, we got the this week's required viewing pick that John uh chose last episode, which is what is it, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Is yes. that the proper name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like Ronald just mentioned, uh, in our time off, John and he actually took a trip down to Virginia to see an advanced screening of uh, Scream 6. So they're going to talk a little bit about that. Spoiler free. So you can listen along because I will as well. And yes, I'm trying very, to very, very spoilers. spoiler free. We're going to yeah, I'm avoiding do everything myself. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. So I, I, I want to go in cold as possible. So we've all agreed. No spoilers. Mm. So listen along. Don't worry about it. You'll be safe. Um, And then, yeah, then we'll just round it out with anything else that we've seen before we get to the required viewing. Ronald, you wanted to mention a piece of news that came out, I guess, yesterday. um, uh, You wanted to mention real quick on the pod. So uh, take it away. I'm I'm I am in the minority. I love to pay for my my art. Uh, And on the 28th of March, some arts coming that I've been waiting for. Avatar 2 is coming to video on demand. Uh, so that's Prime Video, Apple TV, Voodoo, Movies Anywhere. Right. Uh, Avatar Way of the Water is coming to video on demand in 4K Ultra HD. Um, so that's that's super exciting. And what's even in, more interesting about it is that sometimes when you get video on demand stuff, you kind of get a bare bones copy. Uh, this is not that three hours of content will be accompanying this video on demand thing. So it'll almost be like, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a special thing to have something like I'd say the two services that offer it um, Apple TV and movies anywhere is up there too. Um, services that actually include the extras. But it looks like almost every service will have the extra three hours of making ofs and behind the scenes and extra scenes and things like that. So this this is exciting. You're not getting a bare bones thing. So I'm guessing this thing is probably going to cost twenty five, thirty dollars. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just that seems to be the standard. Eighty for Brady just came out uh, this week and it is twenty five dollars. So, you know. It's a cost to be the boss and get something in the best possible quality that you can have it at home. Um, if you wait it out, you could probably get it for cheaper. But if you want it within the first couple of months, you're probably going to pay a little over $20 for it. So, right. How you guys feeling about it coming home? How are you feeling about it? I mean, I'll be I mean, just interested to hear some opinions uh, from you guys on this movie that I I had opinions on so long ago that I almost forget that it that we haven't really talked about out. it on yeah, the show, yeah, yeah. you know? 
Um, so no, I'm interested in what you think, but also, yeah, I think that it's interesting. I, I think this has happened with a few premium releases that, that they've done. They've gone out of their way to make some version of like bonus features for, yeah, for, uh, nice. for a digital release. So I, you know, I think that's cool, but that feels very James Cameron to say, we're not going to let this move. For sure. no, this is going to feel like a momentous, uh, event as a, as you know, a digital release. Um, uh, but what, what about you, Steve? Yeah. Same as Ronald. I'm just excited to finally see it. I I've, I'm, been unable to go see it in theaters i haven't really seen much in theaters at all except for the so you know the advanced screening that i went to with you guys for uh, ant-man but um yeah. yeah i don't know it's it's one of the ones that's been on my list to watch i really wanted to try to watch it before the oscars um i'm not sure where it's a real contender there um maybe some technical categories but um you know being nominated for best picture is just is an achievement and i was really hoping to watch it but i'm glad that it'll you know it'll be here in a couple of weeks and I'll be able to watch it, you know, digitally. Um, it is interesting. I wanted to mention that like, it, it is one of these things where it seems like in some ways, and this is something we've talked about a lot on the podcast, like this new idea of the channels that the movies go through uh, from theatrical to streaming or to video on demand sure. or, or, you know, where they're kind of flowing uh, from studio to studio. And this being a, you know, a, a 20th century films, release but under disney there's, there was a lot of speculation prior to that date coming out of um whether or not it would go to vod and streaming at the same time like to the disney plus platform mm-hmm. um right. or if there'd be like a tiered release which is which is actually what obviously has ended up happening so you know it's interesting to see the way they're kind of uh, i guess trying different things for like bigger blockbusters obviously there's ways to exploit those channels more you know when that something can sit on a digital rental or a digital purchase for a bit um before you put it on the streamer where all the people that are paying their monthly thing are are are, are, you know definitely waiting for that movie because that's one of the big ones that they've released you know that and the marvel stuff are the are the big things but you know it definitely seems like it's another example of a filmmaker and a property just kind of flexing and getting the getting the windows or some variety or variation of the windows that they used to get, um, and this being you know now the number three highest grossing film of all time, and you know having this long run in theaters, now it's going to have a window for digital uh, only, and then you know eventually it will be on Disney Plus probably in the next couple of months. So um, it's a it's a very interesting kind of example of how milking just it. out of yeah milking it but just how out of control yeah, the release it. what it looks like yeah. you know because in the same token like you know there's this there's this and then there's like you know there's movies that are talking about like how well cocaine bear has done and you know it's a part of universal's release pattern so universal has the 17 day window meaning that we'll probably be able to watch it next week digitally it's wow. not it hasn't been said yet but wow. it seems like that's what's going to happen yeah and then there's talks about that going to peacock day and date you know it's just like there's all these weird things where like cocaine bear is a hit that's it's it's a very successful movie already and um you know it's just the difference of it'll be on digital in 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 17 days ish and possibly even on a streaming service in that same time frame and here avatar is yeah, you know, different scales obviously but it's just it's so it's it's so all over the place still there's no yeah there's no real expectation or like yeah. norm where people can train to like what to do to watch what you want to watch. It's just, yeah, it's kind of it's like a question. You just got to stay agile. You got to stay agile. Get ready. You yeah. know what's interesting? Peacock releasing a unrated version of Megan that isn't. Yeah, you can't get it anyplace else. Like if they right. incentivize things like that, like. You know, somebody may want to get Peacock. They may want to consider getting it for a month for or sure. two. Yeah. So, yeah. It's exciting. But yeah, I'm excited to finally see Avatar. That's for sure. Cool. Cool. So, John, are we talking about your yes incredible pick? <laughs> you know, I, I, I had not watched this in so long uh, that it was like a lot of jokes that I... I think the first there's like two or three of them that I've watched 
more than others of this six episode run that we're talking about today yes, of, of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. And so watching all six of them again, it was fun seeing the jokes that I had sort of forgotten and the the episodes I had sort of forgotten alongside the like the first one in particular that I've showed to so many people over the years that that has almost become like a short film that I've used to kind yeah. of just say to somebody, look at this oh, thing. Cool. Um, yeah. But it's that it's that British comedy thing. We talked about this when I when I picked it of just right. it's like a, such a specific concept and it's so fully realized to its potential and it only exists for these these six episodes um yeah. and it just like i mean for what it's trying to do i mean I, you can't really say it doesn't knock the ball out of the park because there's really nothing else quite like it but i love all the little details it gets right um and if folks don't know it's a show that it pretends to be hosted by this uh kind of pompous horror author yeah who fancies sure. himself a bit of a celebrity and um yeah. and and this is an this is a show in the 80s that he produced and wrote and directed and starred in <laughs> that kind of is alongside his fiction and what we're seeing is a modern as as of 2004 when this show came out we're seeing a modern like he's pulling out of the vaults these these episodes of this show that it sounds like never aired at all like he's a little dodgy on it. i think he said it aired in peru briefly um <laughs> but it's like it's totally a show that he produced six episodes of and then got put in his vault. And of course he's a fictional character played by the uh, comedian and actor, uh, Matthew Holness. Um, and he has a real specific energy. And I definitely want to talk about what that, what that energy is as we get into this. But, um, and then what you're seeing is an, an episode of his show from the eighties, but he's spliced it in with, again, he's claiming like modern uh, interview footage. And I love that each time there's a slightly different explanation of the interview footage. And one time he said that someone's included because um, they were there at the time of the creation and they haven't died or offended him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, he's doing a little bit of meta commentary on sort of documentary or, or reality or um almost like dvd commentaries it's almost like that's what it seems to yeah. be riffing on is the sort of yeah. pompous self-reflection of of artists uh, of on of every type in this modern era or at least at the time 2004 was probably part of that peak era of of commentary tracks and physical media was still the thing back then so i mean it parodies so many things and it's got so many layers to it like it's almost got like a three-layer intro every, every episode starts with him at his desk reading a snatch of his really terrible prose and then he gets up and does the same series of shots through his house as he gives a little introduction to the episode then you get the introduction to the episode which has sort of a combination twilight zone into a parody of an 80s television show opening then you get the episode which then has its own little title card that comes up so there's like many mm -hmm. layers to the onion of parody in this thing Thing. And I don't know, I think it's so, it's so sophisticated. And yet some of the jokes are such silly slapstick humor. It's just an interesting thing. It's, it's totally British in that way that it, it matches the like brainy with the, with the low, uh, just perfectly. What did you think, uh, Steve, this was your first time watching it, right? Yeah. I'd never even honestly heard of it. Um, but yeah, this is the first time watching it. I mean, and honestly, I don't know that it fully, I don't know that I fully was enjoying it from, from beginning to end, but I mean, I definitely found myself laughing quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I almost felt like maybe what wore me or wore on me pretty quickly was just like, I don't know. Like I, I, I was having trouble placing it. Like I found it to be pretty funny, but I almost feel like the, um, like how overtly like bad it was, how, how overtly bad it was. Like, almost seemed like it was like too 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 on the nose or like it was too obviously intending to be so bad i don't know if that makes any sense but like well they don't was, miss a beat they don't miss a beat as far as how to make it bad but i, I think right, that like falls every, under like super low budget self-produced thing, thing yes. you know but i agree with you that like there's no missing it there's no there's nothing subtle about the way that it like it yeah. is a piece of bad art, but I think the fact that they don't miss any opportunity with like eye lines that don't line up and characters that can't remember this, lines this cuts and, that know. don't like, yeah, wearing different, uh, like the the clothes being like worn differently from one cut to the next, like, yeah, I mean that stuff is. I, I think I found it a lot funnier in the first couple episodes, but I think you know by the third or fourth one, I was like, ah, this is I don't know, this is like totally my thing. That said. Again, I did laugh a lot and I do love Matt Berry and I just feel like every moment that he's there and even like Richard Iwade, like I, I love him as well. Maybe I'm just more aware of those, the, the two of them from other stuff that I've seen. But I mean, those are the two that really stood out to me. Um, 
I don't know. The absurdity of it was really fun too, but I don't know. It was something that I thought maybe I was going to like more from like, Mm -hmm. just, you know, maybe what you guys had talked about. And I feel like a couple other people had mentioned it over time, but I had just completely forgotten about it mainly because of Matt Barry. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, It was, it was, it was fun to watch, but thankfully, you know, it's like, you know, short episodes. It's not like some huge commitment, but um just wasn't really it wasn't exactly what i was thinking it was going to be and 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 do you think having to watch all six episodes in a spell as opposed to like watching it over time do you think that maybe made it wear more on you or do you yes uh, see because i do think there is something about i mean i i i love it and even i think marathoning it is like it's a little bit samey and that's not to me like a knock against the quality of it but it's like it's hard to get the same if you're watching all six of these in a, in a in a run, then it's like it's hard to get the same interest level going into the fourth or the fifth as you had watching the first or the second. But I think that some of the jokes are so funny that like they do make you kind of wake up and go, oh, yeah, this isn't just the same thing over and over again. They are doing something. This is evolving a little bit as it goes along. Right. But it is sort of like my thing about showing the first episode to people. You kind of get it after the first episode and that you know i again that can be taken as a knock against many 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 shows if you're going to see it that way but it's also to me it's like does this establish a formula that you could have some permutations of and i think i think six episodes is about right um as far as sticking to that formula well ronald you had expressed that you love this uh when i brought it up before so talk a little bit about maybe the things like how did it cross your path uh, the first time and what did you feel watching it again uh matt berry um uh the IT crowd was I'm a, I was a huge fan of that show and I just kind of fell down a rabbit hole with like seeing that he was a musician yeah. and this was one of the shows that I saw um, and it was you know kind of hit me hard like maybe because I watch a ton of I, I, I'll give you an example I, I did a stream a, a movie stream of B-side Marvel movies the other day so I had Doctor Strange from 1978 and uh, Spider-Man, the Japanese one, and and the tone of that stuff is so similar to this. Um, the seriousness that people have for these performances is just you wanna you wanna you wanna take it seriously, but like it's it's so rooted in 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 silliness mm-hmm. that you know delivering a line uh, like uh, blood, blood, <laughs> you know, saying blood <laughs> yeah. all over and over and over again. It's just. You know, and the musical numbers that came in the middle of the show, like it's so random. It's it's. Let me tell you why this this is interesting to me because I just started watching History of the World, and I didn't laugh once. And then I watched this, and I laughed a ton. And I was like, "What is it about the difference between the humor that mm. didn't hit me at all for History of the World?" Because I love his stuff. And this, and I, and I, I well, plus I everyone think in the world that we love today in comedy practically is in history of, of the world. Part yes, two, right? and I didn't. So laugh it's like, once. but but it's like I kind of thought I wouldn't. I saw the trailers, and I thought that looks fun, and then I saw so much about it, and I've watched interviews with people talking about it, and I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I listened to Nick Kroll and Ike Barinholtz, um, uh promoting it, and I liked that. Um, but I realized it doesn't. It still doesn't make me want to watch like a, a warmed over Mel Brooks thing. Yeah. It just. It's like that's not the promise. Like Nikki has even said, should we watch that? That looks funny. Should we watch that? And each time I've been like, yeah, I don't know. Like I just don't. I'm just not expecting anything from it. So I've been kind of yeah, waiting yeah. to see if people thought it was really funny. I feel so bad, like leveraging that. But I'm just saying. No, I know. This, I know what you're saying, though. It's a good comparison. It's a good comparison yeah, because this yeah, is absurd yeah. so, and silly like that. Yeah. So, and, but I wrong. also get what Steve is talking about. Like, there's a thing. Like, I. I I'm I'm a I'm a yes and person about stuff, right? There's like a thing that my friends have that's like a if I don't get this shit in 20 minutes, fuck you for showing me this. <laughs> Not Steve, but I'm saying like my friend, <laughs> like other friends have it. Like, and Steve is one of the more liberal. You know, he he'll he'll give it a chance. And my other friends are like, this is trash. You're a piece of shit. How could you do this to me? How could you make me watch that? my life. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like a... And so I do say to you, Steve, thank you for even trying. Because (laughs) I've I've, I've shown this to people and I've gotten my feelings hurt because of how poorly people reacted to it. 
So the fact that you're just right. like, eh, this wasn't for me, is better than. Well, it's so fully doing what it's doing. You know, it's so yeah, fully yeah. like it that, that, to it. that right. And that's either going to be the thing that makes you totally click into it or it's going to be a thing that kind of to, to what you're saying, I guess a combination of what you're saying and what Steve was saying would be like, if you're not fully clicking into it, then it, it's not going to be the thing that you need to see six episodes of necessarily. But if you do fully click into it, it's like each episode does have like 20 new little nuanced things that are slightly oh, different sure. than other versions of the same thing. Matt Berry's performance is notable for how like exquisitely awkward it is the entire time. Every line reading mm. is like the wrong syllable, you know, uh, and uh, just the, even playing to the camera in a funny way. And I think that, um, uh, uh, what's her name who plays um I think her, uh, the actress's name is I'm gonna get it right um, 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 um Alice Lowe who plays Madeline Wool who's the actress that plays Dr. Liz Asher I mean this is like the layers upon layers you have the actors who play yeah. the actors who play the characters she she's perfect for that sort of British if you've seen that kind of British 70s 80s thing she is pitch perfect like every little line reading of hers is so like just the just the sound of her voice everything yeah. of of that of that type of like spunky heroine that would have popped up in those days and would yeah. have been you know in a very misogynist time would have been presented like a spunky heroine but still would have had the sort of maybe not quite the the sexism that her character experiences on the show yeah. but it's it, that that's that's a that's just a few degrees removed from what was actually going on in the time of entertainment as far as the way women were depicted um she was working there for hair and makeup which yeah. which was... well no it's what he said it's like he said he, he was but I'm just saying, like the for makeup the and, and clothes, makeup and clothes. Like what? when 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 yeah. when when Matt Berry meets her and is like, "You're a woman." He just says it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, I think that like yeah, the parody of it. It's it, and to me, it's just it's got those the silliness, and I also like the layer of each episode does have a a slightly worked out horror story. I mean, even though it's totally wonky, it's like there yeah. is a real story going on there, and I love the way they wedge in certain things that just always happen, such as uh. Uh, Dean Lerner firing a shotgun, uh, like just kind of randomly, not really, you know, especially in the first episode, he's not really shooting at the right angle or in the, <laughs> the right direction. That's to Steve's point of just how impossibly bad is this thing. Yeah. But I do think that like the awkward assemblage of the footage sometimes is just like so artfully, it's just madness. It's like if you've seen a cheaply made movie that someone's showed you, um, sometimes it's that kind of thing people work with what they've got and there's a lot of like just pretend we got that on film and that you saw that because you know this what what we did capture doesn't really convey uh, any kind of reality um yeah. I, I also like seeing the cameos from people like Stephen Merchant and um uh Julian Barrett and you know people that pop up that you might know from other things um it does seem like in that sense it's a little snapshot of maybe this group of comedians that would were working together and yeah you mentioned Richard Ayoade uh Steve yeah. some of his some of his moments are just hilarious i mean he just like, he, he's, he's got like he's got like a, a way of delivering a line that is just like got this lyrical kind of sing-song equality to it but it's just it's just perfect um but let's do talk about garth Marenghi before we move on completely like what do you what do you what do you say about the energy of that guy i feel like the fact that he's like a sort of a he seems like he's got like a napoleon complex like he's a little guy and he's but he's wearing the leather jacket and like smoking looking off into the distance yeah. and knowing that this was created as a vanity project i really think that nails i know that guy i've met that guy in so many fields yeah. of creative endeavor that i've been involved in i've met these guys who are sort of like they have their own kind of energy it's not quite tommy Wiseau, but they have this yeah. quality of pushing projects forward and getting things done and it's like it's pure ego that drives uh, what they do and i just think that's I, just, I don't know i think he nails that as the character and as the the guy we see in the wraparounds yeah, it so that person could be Garth Marenghi, or it can also be Quentin Tarantino. So oh that's my the gosh, yes, you know what I mean. Like it's yes. it's like that path could be the worst thing ever or the best thing ever, and those obsessions, those pockets of obsession and ego and all that stuff, you know, you feel it, you feel it. You you've seen a million versions of these, especially when you're in creative spaces. So, well, I I wanna... I, I... well go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with what I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. What about to say, Ronald? <clears throat> no, that was it. That was it. Oh, I just wanted to mention a couple of the things that we were talking about. Like, I love the awkward zoom ins uh, on the model, on the miniature of the hospital. 
uh, that where the camera always has to kind of find where it's going <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. I thought that that was a really funny touch. I love the the funny use of slow motion, and then they explain in one episode that they <laughs> the would often were running up to, up to eight minutes short. And so they used <laughs> anytime there wasn't dialogue, they used slow motion to try to pad the show out. And after that, it really does become so much more pronounced that like there'll be entire moments that are just like running down the hallway yeah. or whatever. Um, and uh, I just the uh, there's one little quote that I thought was really funny that kind of sums up the tone of the the character when he's talking about the episode and he's hyping it. I believe it's the one about the Scottish uh, ghosts or whatever those are. And he yeah. says, um, and here it is, uncut, uncensored, unbelievable and unpalatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I thought that kind of sums up the show in a certain sort of way. Like it is definitely yeah. like this one man's vision. And I guess maybe that's why I believe it as far as silly as it gets. I believe it as the production of this totally egotistical mind, because I mean, we've seen these, these self-made movies by these people who fashion themselves as, as like the cool guy. Um, we've seen, we've seen that in a few cases and it usually is like outsider art. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like it, a, a little bit naive to your point, Steve, of like, how could it be this bad without being deliberately bad? It's like, it is possible. Right. People make some pretty wretched things um, in the name of like their vision. Um, but yeah, I, I think people, it, it's either totally up your alley or maybe you'll be a little lukewarm on it. But I, I yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching it. And Nikki saw, came through and saw me watching a little bit of it. And I think the Matt Berry factor uh, pulled her in. So I, I bet modern uh, viewers will find that to be one of the more interesting things about it, just because he's kind of having a, a moment due to Laszlo. So good. All right. So whose turn is it now? Who, who gets who picks our next required viewing? I think it's, I think, is it me? I think it's, I think it's me. It's you? I think oh, yeah, it, is it isn't it? What was the last thing you did? The last thing we did was the dry, actually, wasn't it? So that was Steve. Oh, oh that's, yeah. That's Ronald then. Okay, that's right. Oh, okay. So right. this is this is this is not from the past. This is from this year. And it's because I've been wanting to see it for so long. For some reason, it's just it just shadow dropped today on on VLD. Operation Fortune Rouge de Guy. Uh the guy oh, the, Richie. Is that a guy Richie? Yeah. Yeah, the new Operation Fortune. Sweet, I've been I've been waiting for this. This is exciting. Fuck right, like I've been waiting. It, yeah, there's there was like no marketing, no, nothing, nothing for this movie. It came out in theaters like two weeks ago. Yes, and then it just dropped it today. Uh, PBOD. Um, yeah, so weird. So it's it's on on the major services, uh, Prime Video, Voodoo, Movies Anywhere, Apple TV, and you know the rental I think is like six six or seven dollars. Um, I've been wanting to see this movie so bad. Um, so yeah, that's my pick. You Operation know, I, I, Fortune is what they shortened it to for America. I was thinking about when when this required viewing thing could be used just to get us all on the same page with our listeners and us, us to say this is what we're doing next time, and it's not necessarily the obvious big pick. Even though I think this is a movie we may have talked about anyway if we had all seen it but um no i'm glad i'm glad you picked this one i was very curious about it and i think the cast looks cool. great so oh yeah man. i'm so excited so you said this is on vod now yeah wow i don't well, see it on itunes you don't see it i saw it i saw it on uh, march 3rd where do you guys stand on on guy Ritchie in general like in his sort of late period phase that he's in these last few movies I'm a fan, man. Like I feel like most of them, I I've at least enjoyed. Uh, I, I don't know why I think of like M Night Shyamalan as having like it's not quite the same, but it's a similar thing of like a director who's been around long enough to become a cartoon of themselves and to have a true. name that went from being the cool name to being the name that people kind of scoff at to the guy who's still doing it to like oh now every he every couple of years he puts out a movie and they're kind of able to like he scaled it to something he can do pretty reliably every time he makes a movie you know he's not is it only on voodoo let me check because sometimes voodoo releases stuff early yeah i feel like he's also like hit that moment where like he went from making the kinds of movies that you call guy Ritchie movies to kind of like he kind of crescendoed into like the king arthur movie that was like this that massive yeah. bomb yeah and then it was like that which is very similar to what you're saying like the m night kind of path where he then pulled back and made a, a string of like the lower budget Guy Ritchie action, you know, thriller, you know, like the scrappy version of what he did yes. as, as he was getting yes. bigger. 
<clears throat> yeah, no, it's totally accurate. And I mean, yeah, like the, yeah, like Wrath of Man and the Gentleman, like these last few I've thought were really, and I was really entertained by most of them. So yeah. I'm well, I mean, I think what they also might have in common in that sense is that what makes us like them is that they know how to make a movie. They know how to put together an image. They know how to put together a sequence, you know? Right. So like, if you liked Guy Ritchie movies to begin with, he's still able to do that stuff. It's just maybe a little bit more mature. I don't know. I haven't, I have not really stood back and looked at his career ever. Uh, you know, I've, I, that might be an interesting. Well, yeah. And, and he even like did Aladdin, like he did Aladdin, right. <laughs> like, right. which, which is was a total a monster, outlier, a monster hit, you know, like, a, I think it's, that was like a billion dollar movie uh that no one talks yeah. about <laughs> and he's all and, he's, and he always has like a lot of really great he, the cast are always great too you know like even this one you know you i don't know you got who's in this uh hugh grant uh josh hartnett aubrey plaza obviously statham carrie always eddie marzan i think is in this one i don't know he's always got like a great cast so i'm always at least intrigued by the people that are like down to play in that little scrappy action movie that he makes, I think makes pretty well. So, yeah. but no, I, I didn't even realize this one was out, but I, I've been waiting for this. Maybe one, it's, so. maybe it's not. And I just spoke out of my ass. Cause I thought it came out, but that's still you, my pick. Well, how are we going to watch it? If it's, <laughs> it's not out, I go to the theater to see it. Oh, we're going to watch it. Okay. Is yeah, it in theaters this weekend it's... or something? It came yeah. out in theaters like the third. I think. Okay. Well, I've got yeah, so the yeah, last week, pass. last yeah. week, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll that, figure it out, but we'll, 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 we'll see it. We'll see it. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see it for sure. All right, cool. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, um, here's a movie we saw that Steve didn't yeah, get tell to me. see. Tell you're you're going to witness how artfully we can avoid. I think this is a fun game, Ronald, to talk about this. Movie it's very without, important. No spoilers. Without, without really hitting any, don't, any don't right. plot. Don't spoilers. hit it. So I would say comments on the structure of the movie and like like acts, if you liked one act but not another, those things are probably okay, but not actually what happens okay. in those acts. That would be my sure. thought. Um, so Ronald, yeah, start us off. And, like, and, and I, I'll, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I also expect a ranking of the franchise from both of you. I was going to say, well, I'm, that's where I'm kind of confused because I would have said I was one of the people who didn't like the last scream as much as people liked it. You know, scream yeah, five. Yeah, we'll call it. yeah. And, I kind of, I'm on the same boat. Like I, I didn't rank it above three and four so readily. I, I still think that it gets a little messy with three and four and five. Like there, but I think that I think that five was somehow my least favorite. But it's still, as we've said, part of a very consistent series of okay. of movies. So I, I think it's a little bit hard to to not not like tip your hat to scream in that sense that like there's a quality level. Yeah. There's a there's a there's something they bring to these movies that like the through the sixth one, I still have not had that feeling that, that well, they, they they backed off or they've had to backslide in terms of the production value or anything like that. Like these movies are big, um, you know, well-made and you call them slashers, call them whodunits, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think this new wave, the four, the, the fifth and sixth one, they definitely like the sixth one is definitely a follow up to the last movie. And so I feel like people who love that movie may just go apeshit yeah. for this movie. <clears throat> but if you didn't like the last movie, I think it's going to be or not didn't like, but just didn't love. I think this one would have some of the same issues, I would say, that the last movie had for me. Um, and I can talk about what those are in very general terms. But, Ronald, you seem to be, uh, you know, a, somewhat agreeing. What, what how, how do you feel it sits in with the the, the sure. whole series? Um this the 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 creed I'm, I'm comparing this to creed 3 for a very important reason all right creed 3 <laughs> and this movie are absent their anchor um or what people would perceive to be the anchor Ooh, right that's a good take that's a good take yeah i like that sydney prescott is kind of the center of this story in some way shape or form either either in reference you know a presence or physically being there and this lack of Sidney Prescott gives this movie a freedom that we have never had before we have never had this much freedom in the mythos of this character than we did this one and that's what separates it in fact so much so that the I'm I'm gonna throw something I'm gonna throw my dick on the table and say something yes. Ronald Ronald this is a yes. video podcast I just want you to Okay. Sorry. We'll just mark keep this that, one. Keep that keep that, oh, keep that close shot above your chest. All right. This is you're gonna hear the sound of it. 
know. Here, hit the table. <laughs> Got it. You didn't mention that it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adds a level of creepiness. To yes, that's worse. I'm so that's sad. worse, man. <laughs> uh, this has one of the best beginnings <laughs> since the first one. Yes. It almost, it is incredibly creative. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it in this world. And it and it really does something different. Like it is saying, like, it's like, oh, you miss Sydney. Well, we're offering something a little different. It's like uh so so from Grand Theft Auto 2 to Grand Theft Auto 3, there's a big difference. This was a Grand Theft Auto was flat. It was it wasn't very open. Grand Theft Auto 3 opened the world up. You can ride a car all around the place. And that's what this movie does. The 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 world is open. The mythos of this character is open. And because of that, it does something really cool. Like I had to think about it because it really does contradict everything you know about the series. That's what it is. It does. It challenges everything you know, Steve. Everything you like gets challenged a little bit. Okay. Um, but it it modernizes it in a cool way. It opens it up in a cool way. Um, and I think that the addition of the the that's the story being what John said a, conti- a a a direct continuation. Even if you didn't like the previous one, it really does create something really cool from the from those set of characters. So that that's how I feel. That's my initial feeling, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like that at first. I, it took me a while because I'm like, this is not, this is not my screen, and I'm I'm not even like beholden to it. Like you know, Steve, you're you're a big screen fan, yeah. yeah but yeah. I I I like screen. I do like the first the first two screams to me are close to like perfection to me. Great, yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I want something that challenges me. But this challenge the shit out of me, and it and it really did. It stuck the landing, and I think that's what I what I was surprised at. So, John, would you would you think we have to say after me? I mean, honestly, that? you you took the words right out of my mouth about that opening. I would say like the first fifteen minutes of this movie like, are a ride, whoa. a ride, and like go from the familiar, from like a cool version of the familiar that you might think you know what's happening. And then you kind of pat yourself on the back for going, yeah, I could kind of, I kind of knew this was maybe going to happen or this was where this was going to go and then switcheroo and then a switcheroo. And there's a couple of major things that just, when you talk about the freedom, I mean, I had, didn't even think about that, about like an open uh, video game, open world game where it's like, you can actually wander around now. There was a moment in this that I felt so unmoored from what this movie might be that honestly, I feel like one, I know what you said, Ronald, I do, I do think this movie does a good job of the sort of sequel, getting the characters back together, sort of feeling of where is everybody now? And, and, you know, within a, within the next 15 or 20 minutes, you kind of catch up with the characters. So I think it does do a good job of that. But I actually start as it got deeper into the group that's the survivors from the last movie i started to lose interest this movie got real bogged down for me in the middle had some fun moments some fun sequences but by the time it got to the final act i felt like this movie was way too in love with the myth the quote-unquote mythology of this series that to me feels sort of like it should be somewhat free of mythology but i also recognized that by the time you were going from scream 2 to scream 3 there was all this stuff with with Cotton and and Sydney and the past, so that it had its own sort of form of mythology that it was leaning on. But I just feel like these movies make that a little bit more. Like it, it's almost it's it's not like it confused me, but it still felt like it was needlessly complex. And and I don't know. Like without saying any more about what's going on, we'll talk about it once Steve has seen the movie as far as the resolution. But th- like that last act yeah. to me, like it just kind of annoyed me with how many. Like how much of an explanation we got an over when you have a really complicated answer to the who done it you have to spend a lot of time explaining it and so there's a lot of that and I also I think that as for as much as this movie did some bold things you might look at Scream Five as a movie that shows oh yeah they are willing to look at some of these iconic elements in the series and and make those characters just as vulnerable as new characters you know but this movie I feel like really pulled its punches and played it safe in a lot of ways that I didn't expect it to in addition yeah. to doing the kind of as you're saying Ronald there is a kind of 
uh, you know, brutal quality to this movie. But I feel like there's a, the, I, I, I once you've seen it, Steve, there's a question I have that I, I can't ask right now um, that kind of sums up my feelings as we if i go any deeper into that topic it gets into like a central question of is this movie doing something on purpose that i find to be uh, a drawback but is it a is it a feature not a bug of this movie yeah. you know it, i i don't like when movies are meta and they can use that as a get out of jail free card for any problem it's like well it's yeah. it's not it's a that's not a lame twist that's a commentary on a lame twist i don't like that i also think it was always a thin concept to me. I, I loved the character of Randy in the first two Scream movies, and I loved the way that he represented the horror nerd who knows the rules. But I always right. questioned those rules just as a fan of horror. I always really questioned the rules a little bit. Like, are those rules really – those don't really apply to that many movies. And it's fun to say those are the rules, but the more specific you get and the deeper into the franchise we get, there's this really wedged-in scene where characters are talking about, this is the new part of a franchise. Well, this is a yeah. reboot franchise, so these are the rules of the reboot. That kind of shit just doesn't work. It just doesn't feel integrated into the movie. It, you don't have Randy. I'm sorry, this this new Randy they're trying to give us is not Randy. Um, and I found that to be this like... This got more specific. This got I felt way like it was specific. too specific, but do you ever watch that? Like it, A friend of mine used to say that it was annoying on X-Files when Fox Mulder would like see what was going on and he would instantly go oh this is the wendigo a creature from uh indigenous people's lore you know like he would just know the answer he would just look at something and know i don't like when people like I, i've been watching the final destination movies recently and they do a similar thing in that of like the at some point everybody just knows the quote-unquote rules it's like well in order to do this we've got to reverse death by tricking death in this way and it's like when did we all agree that we knew what the rules were? Like, that's why I like it follows yeah. people criticize the kids being stupid in that movie. But like, I love that the kids are like trying stupid things that don't really work and that nobody really figures out quite what the rules of this thing are. So I, I kind of right. feel like when you act like it has rules and that's a way to predict the behavior of the killer, that to me, that part just really loses me just dramatically because I'm just not buying into that notion that like, well, we all know this is what's going to happen now because of this. And when the killer reveals themselves and says, well, we know this is a, a reboot, so I had to do this. And it's just like that stuff, it doesn't it doesn't work for me the way that it, Randy did. The simple idea, let's have a horror nerd who realizes he's in a slasher movie, you know, right. versus now that's these characters that are aware like of that level of depth. But I'm not saying it's not a well-written scene or a funny scene. It just feels wedged in. And, it, and you know what I mean, Ronald? It really is only that one scene where you get that stuff. Um, yeah, it's just... I it feels like it feels sometimes, obligatory. <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes the fact that, like Simpsons, it's the last man standing... Right. It can become so self-referential that it becomes like cringy, cringy. But yeah, yeah. the fact that we're saying that this is the only thing that this happened in is a credit because a lot of Gen Z-ish stuff is like that. Like yeah. very self-referential and shitting on the past and also making fun of the present and not seeming like it cares either way. Like it just, this doesn't do that. It it It, it really does pay homage to the past while also introducing us like to the point, this is how crazy it is, Steve. Someone may watch this new set of movies. And when you talk about the old set of movies, we'll be like, you're old. You don't know what you're talking about. The mythos is different. Shut up. <laughs> that's not my, that's my, not ghost face. That's right. how, that's, that's how this five and six are becoming like, they really are creating a line in the sand. Part, and it doesn't part one mean and two that, of a new trilogy or a new whatever. Yeah, is and what it doesn't it feels mean like, that yeah. it doesn't mean that you you can't love those originals, but it is it is putting a line in the sand, and that's the coolest thing that could happen. It's like if 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 a new Nightmare on Elm Street comes out, I want it to be like paying homage, but I also want it to like make some dope choices that I may not have seen before, and it also feels like that's what Wes Craven would have wanted. I know it sounds weird to like reference a man that's not here anymore but it really felt like Wes would like this more than he liked some of the other versions well, i totally some see the, the, the five and six being versions of something Wes craven would have tried and i think moving away from the old like you know we all know sydney kind of felt extra in in five anyway sydney and gail felt like they were on a slightly extra trajectory in that movie mm -hmm. at least they did to me so the fact that sydney is is not in this movie and that we still get gail that fits the sort of franchise model of of how many characters you bring back 
in one yeah. movie. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think that the I, yeah, I'll just go back to my comment about the consistency. I think that it, this you know it still is a, a fun series to watch because and again, Steve, that feeling of being unmoored and not quite knowing how this is going to link up with the characters we know and it's New York right. and just the setting, everything about it that feels different. Like it really does. I'm glad that you felt the same way about that opening stretch, Ronald, because to me that really was. Like I was I sitting there kind of giddy almost because I was watching yeah. a movie that I really didn't know what to expect from it. And then as it became a little bit more and more a scream movie and then a little bit more and more a kind of modern, you know, scream movie as according to the model set up by the fifth one, I was like, okay, this is having some of those same issues, but that means it still had some of the same benefits that it's really only right. in the very last act that it kind of, the set piece kind of goes away and it becomes this sort of, this sort of, uh, you know, the elaborate Scooby-Doo reveal of, of what's going yeah. on. And then all the aftermath of that. And then <clears throat> some of the, so there's one cliche that it pulls four times. And once you've seen it, Steve, I'll reveal what cliche that is, but you'll probably know when you see it, but there's one thing that you might say, I'm annoyed when horror movies do this, this movie does it four times. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. This is the last thing. This is a spoiler. Eight. Let me talk about some standout characters. We have. You we say must this mention. is a spoiler. No, this is not a spoiler. Uh, not a spoiler. I want to okay. talk about some standout. Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera. 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 Yeah, yeah. They've like kind of moved into. They moved into this role, man. Like they didn't quite feel welcome. The last one, they felt like they were kind of on the outside. They're doing something special. Mason Gooding, Cuba Gooding's son, is incredible. <laughs> He's such a lovable kid in this fucking movie. Um, in you know who you know who stole the movie for me, or at least we'll say their moment stole the movie for me is Tony Revolori. <clears throat> yeah, how? How? How does he's this so happen? Good. He's so good. I mean, when he pops up, whenever he pops up, he usually brings something to it. But in this movie, yeah, he's such a yeah. an interesting face to see the way that it's the way that we meet him. I thought he was an yeah. interesting new character for, for this sure. series. For sure, for sure. It's special, man. It's and Josh Sagara is is continuing his his string of playing likable kind of semi douchey yeah. bro, but but likable guys. <laughs> like so it's almost the joke of him when he shows up is that you think you're yeah. not gonna like him and then you do, yeah. you know. Because he has a dicey face. He has like a dicey, you know, he's on the poster. You see him kind of in the trailer. You're like, man, this guy is dicey. He just brings a dicey energy to to the screen that I love. So, yeah, it was it was just a fun movie, man. Um, yeah. Steve, can't wait for you to see it. Yeah, I'm going Saturday. Cool, cool, cool. There's really not Very another true. series that does this. Scream is kind of on its own, right? As far as being kind of That's a thriller, saying, like, kind of a slasher. It's like a really mean-spirited, usually. Like, there's something kind of oh, mean-spirited so mean about it. There's, there's so many characters saying mean things to each other and about each other uh, and just awful things happening um, and, like, mercilessly setting you up to like a character or find them flawed in an interesting way and then see them get killed, you know? So I think that that's... You just don't see movies that are made this well that do that that often. That's why I'm still on board, even with these last two entries that haven't been my favorite, haven't been my scream exactly. Um, but I still am a fan of this series and kind of what it does. And I think that's what, it, you know, sometimes with a horror series and you're a fan of it, that's kind of what it is, is you're, you're coming back for something that it provides, some little little thing. And there's still something creepy about that setup, the phone call, the voice on the phone. Um, yeah. There's still something... Like the way that someone can seem vulnerable when they hear that voice on the phone, even if they're in a crowded room, you know, oh, and you're watching yeah, them in the movie, yeah. uh, it, it really does. It really does something. So the the, the difference in pitch, like when it goes from like regular to like, you've been doing all this, yeah, you know, right. when he starts, starts to get like that, I'm like, oh, God. When he tips his hand, that he's that he's that he's nasty, right? <laughs> yeah, like he kidding? goes from I'm, he's pretending to be nice, and then he he tips yeah. his hand that he's nasty, right? Like, yeah, I start to get fucking worried. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, man, cool. Um, what else have we seen? You what know, I I, I, I wanted to say uh, we talked a lot earlier about things coming out on video on demand, and I mentioned uh, uh, uh you know, how like I'm guessing Cocaine Bear will be out in a week or so. But a movie That's that exciting. I had, the movie that I really wanted to see in the past like month or two was um, mm. was missing, and that finally came out on VOD on Tuesday. Yeah, and um, you know you we think? had uh, Anish Shiganti on on the podcast, friend of the pod. Yeah, um, special. He and Sev uh, and Natalie, I think they've just you know they're producers of this. They have story credits. 
Um, but you know, you know uh, that that appearance with us was so special. I haven't seen any like I haven't seen him mention it at all in any subsequent interviews. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like you know that something that he's holding close to his heart, right? I, I know the show, no yeah. doubt, because he doesn't. He's, breathe he's, a, word he's, about he's it. a great, he's a great follow too. So I, yeah. you know, I, I'm waiting for it to drop in one of his tweets here one day. But yeah, one of these know, days, because whatever happened to those nice boys from Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the two there's two new co-directors on this one: um, Storm Reed, Nia Long. Uh, are the are the real stars of this? Well, I mean, Storm is the star of the movie. Um, Nia Long is in it as well. She's great. Love her. Um, but yeah, it came out finally on on video on demand this week. So you know, if, if you had been if you saw Searching and, and liked that movie, you know these kind of screen time, these kind of modern thrillers, uh, mystery thrillers that have come around. Um, that Searching, I think, was like maybe one of the more successful ones and not missing is a second in a series that I, that I, you know, I'll say, I hope they keep making these movies. I, I hope they keep oh, finding cool. creative, inventive ways to, you know, adapt them to the ever-changing view of technology that we use um, for hey, better Steve, or for what, what do you think the name of the next one should be? I'm, I have a suggestion. Poking around. Poking around. I think, yeah. Got, yeah, yeah, poking parentheses around. <laughs> you got to have it end on the ing. So finding, searching, missing, finding, looking. Yeah. Uh, ghosting. Something. Something. Ghosting. Ghosting. Ooh, ghosting. Yeah, that's good too. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was great, honestly. Like, I love searching and I was like, I don't know, like, can they really kind of do the same mm. thing? Um, you know, again, uh, even, you know, so quickly, you know, it's, it's only been a couple of years uh, since searching came out. But um, yeah, I think mm. these, these movies are great. Honestly, I love that. I would oh, kind of cool. say, of course uh, they could, because there's, there's yeah. nothing about that format that means it has to be tied to that one story. I do think what they showed was it's a good model for a kind of investigative approach because it models the way you, I mean, you know, we've, we said it at the time, it's like it models, whether you think it's a gimmick or not, it's an interesting gimmick. It's like almost like a video game or an interactive element of like making you feel like you're immersed. It's you're seeing what you would see if you were doing the same thing, the character's doing, at least that's the way it was in, uh, in searching. I don't know if missing takes the same, it's yeah, absolutely. Model. And and that's kind of the that's kind of the propulsive nature of it is like how are they going to continue telling the story where logically we'd be looking at a screen. Right. You know, or some 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 sort of monitor or screen or video element that's using some some form of of today's technology, especially, you know, especially in this one, you know, in, in searching, you know, John Cho kind of looking for his daughter. And, you know, it's like the parent using technology, not so not so adept at using it, not so versed in using it, where this one's a bit different, where it's the daughter trying to find the mother. So, you know, Storm's character is way more, you know, stealth in, in the way that she uses technology, her and her mm. friend that is in the, you know, kind of helps her at, at times. So it's an interesting way to flip that in terms of just the expertise and the and the use case that a teenager versus an adult in today's day and age would, would know how to use certain apps or know how to do things like, you know, like quickly reset passwords and, you know, use Google locations tracking, you know, like to do all that on their own without needing to ask someone to do it. So I think that's what maybe differentiates this the most is just simply that, you know, it is a, it is a bit of a mystery. It's a bit of a thriller, but it is, it is interesting to see, kind of the drive behind this being, uh, you know, a teenager who knows how to use technology instead mm. um, and is using all, all variations of it. And, and it's cool because like even, you know, I'm talking about the different ways that they kind of show the screens and like, why would we be seeing a screen? And like, we get some sort of variety of things like ring doorbells, you know, come into play, you know, mm. backup, backup cameras on vehicles are used as the screen, you know, to see what's wow. happening. Um and, and honestly, just a teenager's constant motivation to capture themselves on a camera, you know, in some way. It's just enough of a reason for us to be seeing what's happening to her or what she's doing if she maybe steps away from her computer or things like that. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought you know, there, there's some really fun kind of twists and turns in the story, some reveals that I think a lot of people that like movies like this will, will enjoy. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a quick run. It's like hour 30, hour 40. It's not it doesn't overstay. And um, yeah, man, like I just think it's so creative how they do these movies, like watching some behind the scenes stuff. We always talk about that on the podcast, like how interested we are into how they make this stuff work. 
And I, I, I think the, the filmmaking, uh, you know, creating apps, you know, making up apps and creating websites and creating app interfaces to look like legitimate things that are really just made up for the movie to serve a purpose in the story. It's just it's so cool because they all feel like they really probably do exist in this world that we live in in reality um, or they will soon. You know, what well, I mean, it's, it's the that, very it's thing, that too, thing. that feels like you, you would fuck the whole thing up if it didn't feel real. It right. would seem cheesy as hell if if it didn't feel real. So the fact that they can yeah. make it feel like even not just the fact that you're saying it's like it follows the way you actually do dig around on a computer or dig around on, on social media or dig around on the Internet. But yeah. like it also looks true to that, which is something we all know extremely well. You know what I mean? Like we're all totally. extremely acquainted with what, what it looks like when you scroll through a bunch of stuff or when you click Absolutely. into a folder. So no, yeah. it isn't a very interesting thing. I, I guess that my favorite of those movies, uh, not to say that it's by this team, but uh, the, you know, host is still my favorite, like oh, it's great. of those, yeah. of those like experiments of like this movie, yeah. this movie takes the shape of, of a video call, you know, conference calls, different, different formula, but it's a similar idea of like just using the screen in front of you so that this horror movie actually works best if you actually were in a dark room watching it on a laptop it might be the scariest way to watch it you know right right the most immersive way but yeah this definite recommend for me uh Definitely. i think it I'll may it i think i think it's still actually i think it's still actually playing in theaters because i almost oh, wow. got to go see it last week or the week before i left vacation but uh, it didn't pan out but um but yeah this is one that's on vod as of you know when you're listening to this you know this past tuesday came out but yeah, missing is uh, available. Uh, highly recommend that. And if you had never watched Searching, I'd, I'd go back and check that out too. Um, cool. A lot of a lot, lot of fun Easter eggs also in the movie. If you're a fan of Searching, they kind of sort of tie these movies together too. So, um, yeah, Missing was great. What what else have you guys seen? Otherwise, yeah, I don't I don't really want to add too much to this episode, but I will say that I've watched the first episode of season two of Perry Mason and um on hbo and it's you know it's like the things that worked about the first year it's one of those shows that's going to have a new storyline more or less like there's some hangover mm. from the last season but it's like can they establish a new group of characters and a new status quo for the character and i think in this case there's a little bit of rehab going on where the first season was well regarded but it didn't take the world by storm and so there's some idea that they might be able to make a, a, a hookier show i think out of this out of this property so to speak um but the cast is still great uh the 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 I know the last time I probably overused the phrase production value every time I talked about this show, but it really is like one of those HBO shows of just sure. beautiful set decoration and beautiful costuming and everything about it is really interestingly done. Um, and I do think by the end of the first episode, you, you, you're curious about the sort of human story that's being told. And also there's a sort of epic uh, placing it in LA history kind of uh, kind of, thing that's happening that reminds me of like the way Chinatown has like a, 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 a large backdrop of like big forces moving, you know, and controlling the world as well as the the murder mystery that you're, you're kind of foregrounded. So um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good first episode. Uh, and aside from that, I can't wait next week. We'll get a chance to talk about uh, lucky Hank uh, finally, but I think right now this episode actually comes out the day before the embargo is up on, on lucky Hank, but uh mm. I, I look forward to getting to chat about that because I've watched the first two and, and I, Same. you know, I think there's definitely some things to say about it. <clears throat> cool. Ronald, anything else you want to throw in there? Uh, Police story three, Jackie Chan, Michelle. Yo, that's all I'm going to say. Look it up. Oh, really yeah. cool action film. Yeah, man. Michelle. Yo has, has, a, is, is in her moment right now, but she's been in her moment for 30, 40 years. Yeah. So, She's in her Go mainstream American moment right now. She's not. You know, she's had career moments 100%. for yes. Before. I can get. I can give you like ten movies that she yeah. was incredible in that were that rival everything everywhere all at once. But you know, I think that the companies that have access to our stuff are starting to put her. They're like, oh, yeah. oh well, we we're sitting on this. Let's put this out. So it's really cool to see the stuff that's coming out. But that's one of them, Police Story. Well, I, well, I, well, the reason that's an interesting one, too, is that I love, if you catch her in an interview, she'll talk shit about Jackie Chan. <laughs> she she does yeah. like a really friendly, nice version of talking shit about it, about how he was kind of yeah. sexist about certain things with her. But then she kind of proved him yeah. wrong, that she could go toe-to-toe go -to -toe with him. <clears throat> yeah, man, what a weird. And then kind of like turning down everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. What a right, weird... 
What a weird. But, but I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad that happened. People don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So good. So glad. She, like, she, she, like, I think about that movie at least once a week. <laughs> it's like that kind of movie. So, yeah. Cool. That's all for me. I think that's Perfect. an episode. Uh, as a quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast before Sunday, uh, the 12th, the, it, it is Oscar Sunday this week, this weekend. So, mm. uh, yeah, tune in and see if uh, if Michelle wins, if the film wins, and and we'll talk probably next week, uh, kind of recap it a little bit or our, our feelings about just the the program, the broadcast itself, and 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 the winners, and and see how we kind of feel about how it all ends up. But yeah, that airs this uh, this Sunday evening. Um, MoviesMovie.com is the website. You can hit it up there to check past episodes, to jump into. Uh, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on uh, and subscribe, make sure you do subscribe. And if you do hit a review or a rating or anything like that, that you can add uh, to the podcast um, on that platform, just to kind of help people find us. Hopefully also the youtube.com slash movie podcast. Am I right, Ronald or movie movie podcast? I was movie movie podcast. Movie movie podcast. If you want the video element that's there for you as well. And again, as I said earlier, Ronald and John look great in this episode, so uh-huh. this might be a good one to watch if you want to do it. Check it out. Um, Steve's got some amazing lifts on his hair. But really, this is one of our best looking episodes we've yeah, ever it's done. A good, it's a good one. Yeah, it's, I'm 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 happy with it actually. Maybe I'll leave it alone. Um, it but go. yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, Ronald, Operation Fortune. We'll find it. We'll watch it. We'll talk about it. Required viewing. Yeah, It'll sure. happen. Um, and uh, maybe I'll have seen Scream, and we can kind of do a little post-mortem on that and actually talk a little more about it yeah do it like a spoiler um, section <clears throat> yeah cool all right guys good seeing you both and as always you've been today thanks Bye.